The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, and I am the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. This is the very first episode of Truth Transforms coming back and being on this new format with mindbodyspirit.fm. So I want to, first of all, thank all of the listeners who followed me for 10 years on Unity Online Radio. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your love. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate all the calls and the messages that I've received. Thank you so much for your support. Trust me when I tell you, when I get messages from all around the world, it lets me know that this work is making an impact in people's lives. And folks that I might not ever meet are being blessed by the messages found in this podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Now, let's get to it. So today, we're starting a new series titled The Power of Intention. And it's based upon the book of the same title by Wayne Dyer. Now, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who made his transition a few years back, maybe four or five years now, uh, is was one of my favorite folks to listen to. I absolutely love to hear Dr. Wayne Dyer. Matter of fact, I can remember when he was first starting off speaking, I wasn't around the self-help new thought movement at the time, but Reverend Coleman, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, the founder of Christ Universal Temple and the Universal Foundation for Better Living, actually found a young Wayne Dyer and brought him in to speak at one of her conferences. She saw the potential very early. So yet again, kudos to Reverend Coleman for being a visionary. But this book, The Power of Intention, and the, and the subtitle is Learning to Co-Create Your World Your Way, is a powerful book because one of the things that it does is allows us to look at the word intention differently. And it allows us to work with the concept that different religious teachers and philosophers have taught throughout the ages, whether they called it grace, whether they called it, you know, universal intent or the new thought people talking about substance. I'm not present substance or quantum physicists talking about the field or folks calling it in the in the East Akashic Records and so on and so on. There's a universal source of good energy, information, and supply that we can connect to consciously. We're already connected to it, but that we can consciously connect to, to create a better life. The same intention grows the blades of grass, grows as fruit on the tree. The same intention grows as the, the, the sperm and the ovarian egg colliding and creating what we call a a human being that doesn't have a heart or a brain yet, yet it's alive. It's something that allows us to 
think about life a little bit differently. So what I'm going to do, and I'm going to be teaching this off and on through the year. So when I need to stop and do a special episode, which is going to be coming up really soon, I'll do the episode and then I'm going to get back to the power of intention until I'm finished with the book. Now, I'm going to request that everyone who is listening to this podcast actually get the book so we can learn it together. All right. The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. It doesn't cost that much. You can get the paperback and on YouTube or somewhere else. He did a whole uh, PBS uh, workshop or something like that many years ago when the book came out, a presentation is probably a, more of a presentation. It wasn't a workshop, but it was fantastic. Anyway, so let's get right to the book. So the first chapter is viewing intention from a new perspective, viewing intention from a new perspective. Now, this is really important because as we start to deal with this concept called intention, we need to, first of all, get clear about what we think and then get clear about how it's different than how we think. Now, what, we're, what we think is one way of looking at it, and I don't want to say wrong. Wayne Dyer's perspective and position is different. Therefore, I want to make sure that we're consistent with what he is saying, what he is teaching, because I think it'll give some insight into how we can make things better for ourselves. So let's get to it. All right. On page three, he has a quote from Carlos Castaneda. And again, this is viewing intention from a new perspective. The quote is, in the universe, there is an immeasurable, indescribable force which shamans call intent. And absolutely everything that exists in the entire cosmos is attached to intent by a connecting link. Let me read it again. In the universe, there is an immeasurable, indescribable force which shamans call intent. And absolutely everything that exists in the entire cosmos is attached to intent by a connecting link. Now, then he goes on to explain on page three how people normally study and present the word intention or intent. He wrote, my research reveals a fairly common definition of intention as a strong purpose or aim accompanied by a determination to produce a desired result. Now, I would say that that will be the basic definition of most human beings, including me. A strong purpose or aim accompanied by a determination to produce a desired result. He goes on to write, people driven by intention are described as having a strong will that won't permit anything to interfere with achieving their inner desire. I imagine a sort of pit bull kind of resolve or determination. And when I read that, I thought of two people. One was Michael Jordan and the other was Kobe Bryant. 
we know that Kobe Bryant has a term that was used that was connected to him called Mamba mentality. In other words, this drive, this intention, this aim, this purpose that drove Kobe Bryant to be great was called Mamba mentality. We didn't have a term like that for Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan thought the same way for anyone who saw the last dance on ESPN a couple of years ago. And if you haven't seen it, check it out on Netflix and you'll see how driven and competitive Michael Jordan was when he was playing for the Chicago Bulls. He had strong intention in the traditional sense of the way the word is used. All right. Now, on page four, Wayne Dyer gives a different perspective based upon his own spiritual shifts. He wrote, my writing now emphasizes a belief that we can find spiritual solutions by living at higher levels and calling upon faster energies. I just want to stop there for a moment because that definition is powerful. I want you just to ponder the thought process that you can find spiritual solutions to problems by living at higher levels and calling upon faster energies. Now, this is interesting because this definition brought me back to one of my favorite definitions of prayer, or actually my favorite definition of prayer by Charles Fillmore, where he wrote, prayer is the most highly accelerated mind action known to man. And then he goes on to talk about how it speeds up mental forces and energies. All right. So if there's regular, let me just add on to that. It speeds it up so that it synchronizes with the Christ mind. It speeds up mind action. It speeds up thought. It speeds up the consciousness to where it is synchronizing with the Christ mind. This is the exact same thing. He just wrote it in maybe not in so religious in such a religious way. When you tap into a higher level of awareness represented by the Christ mind, the God mind in you, you are functioning with higher levels of awareness and faster energies because it's the most accelerated mind action known to man. In other words, there's regular mind action and then there's accelerated mind action. That's what prayer does. It accelerates things. So he went on to write, in my mind, intention is now something much greater than a determined ego or individual will. It's something almost totally opposite. And then he started to talk about how he allowed this to germinate based upon two sentences he got from Carlos Castaneda. Intent is a force that exists in the universe. When sorcerers, those who live of the source, beckon intent, it comes to them and sets up the path for attainment, which means that sorcerers always accomplish what they set out to do. I'm going to read that one more time. Castaneda's words were, 
Intent is a force that exists in the universe. When sorcerers, which means those who live of the source that was added by Wayne Dyer, beckon intent, it comes to them and sets up the path for attainment, which means sorcerers always accomplish what they set out to do. Intention or intent is a force. It's a power. It's a universal force for those who are consciously aware of their power and know how to use it. He's using the term sorcerers. I would probably use the word metaphysician. Beckon intent. When the sorcerer, when the metaphysician, when the spiritual practitioner, when the spiritual, when the spiritual master beckons intent, it comes to them and sets up the path for attainment. It sets you up to receive itself, which means that sorcerers always accomplish what they set out to do. So Wayne Dyer went on to write, when I read those two sentences, I was stunned by the insight and clarity it gave me about the power of intention. Imagine that intention is not something you do, but rather a force that exists in the universe as an invisible field of energy. This brought me back to um, an old statement that Reverend Coleman used to always teach uh, Johnny Coleman. She would say, the substance of God is like a great big piece of cookie dough. And your mind is a cookie cutter. And you form and shape out of the, the formless substance that which you desire in your experience. So I thought about that definition. And then I thought about sitting in a meeting with her when I was probably in my late 20s. And we were discussing something. I don't remember what it was, to be honest with you. Uh, we were in her meeting room. And in that moment, she got an idea. And she, and she stopped the meeting and she said, okay, are we finished now with what we got to do? She said, because God gave me an idea and I need to sit with it now. Intention was pushing her to do something. According to this Wayne Dyer definition, it was guiding her to do something. We can call it spirit, Holy Spirit, God, divine mind, universal mind, cosmic consciousness, whatever Christ consciousness, whatever you think of, this universal intention was seeking expression through her. So it was pushing on her soul. It wasn't something that she was thinking about. We were having a church business meeting. And all of a sudden, what she was like, are we, are we done? Because she had, she said, I, I need to, she needed to sit. She needed to allow that idea to sit on her soul because she then needed to know, okay, if this is what I'm seeing, what am I supposed to do with it? What's supposed to happen? What is my part in bringing forth this expression? All right. 
Now, he says that um, he even had these cards with him when he was having a minor surgical procedure on his. Uh, uh, and that's really interesting because I he tells that whole story in the book. Uh, There's spiritual solutions to every problem. I think that's actually the name of a book. I'm not going to drill down on that. But as he, he said, he wrote on page five. I thought this was great. I immersed, I made intention a part of every speech I gave. I immersed myself in this idea to use it, not only for my own healing, but to help others use the power of intention to carry them where they're fully equipped to go. I had experienced Satori or instant awakening and was intent on offering this insight to others. It had became clear to me that accessing the power of intention relieves so much of the <clears throat> seemingly impossible work of striving to fulfill desires by sheer force of will. So the question is, how do I create the good I desire without using massive amounts of willpower? How do I let it happen and still be intentional Versus making it happen solely with willpower. And I'm a big believer in willpower because you need willpower for discipline. <clears throat> if you can't discipline your mind, it's going to be very difficult to practice some of this other stuff. Now, let's get back to it. <clears throat> he went on to write, which I think is great, <clears throat> talking about a definition from a guy named Pantageli, talking about this power of intention. Dormant forces, faculties, and talents come alive, and you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. But you got to open yourself up to it. You have to be open and receptive to what's possible. So I want you to just to be mindful that intention can be something more than your willpower. It can be the universal energy force, substance, and power that is seeking expression in you, through you, as you. Matter of fact, he said, inspired is our word for inspirited. This is what the spirit is guiding and seeking to work and come through you. In other words, you're pregnant with possibility. Spirit is seeking to express through you. Mm. So he wrote down something I thought was really great, including some questions. I thought long and hard about the idea of being able to access seemingly dormant forces to assist me at key times in my life to achieve an inner burning desire. What are those forces? Where are they located? Who gets to use them? Who is denied access? And why? These are great questions. So let's drill down on it. Page six. He wrote, intention is a field of energy that flows invisibly beyond the reach of our normal, everyday, habitual patterns. 
how I learned this concept was more basic. When you start talking about spiritual principles, laws, and forces, we're talking about things that are not detectable by your five senses. Matter of fact, Reverend Boyd, who you, Reverend Evelyn Boyd, who used to drill down this concept to me over and over again. She would use the term the five sense man. That was her way of teaching it to me. This is undetectable by the five sense man. The five, it was over and over again, the five sense man. Why she would use that term was sometimes we use terms and we don't really connect them to our everyday lives. And she was trying to drill down to me when she was teaching this concept that you had to, you had to grasp these concepts mentally. You had to see it mentally. You had to hear it mentally. You had to feel it mentally. You had to touch it mentally. You had to smell it mentally. And I know that might sound crazy to a person that doesn't know what that means, but she literally meant you have to grasp it mentally. The five cents man can't play with this stuff. If the only thing you know is the information that is given to you by the five senses, it is very challenging to contemplate spiritual ideas. Or as the Apostle Paul wrote, spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. This is a part of the process. This is the process. That as you grow in awareness, as you develop spiritual, your spiritual awareness, you have more access to what's already within you, around you, before you, behind you, above you, beneath you, interpenetrating you. Because as it says in Acts 17, 28, in him we live, move, and have our being. That doesn't mean that God is some big super male, some big super guy. What it means is this field, this intention. We all live, move, and have our being in it. So he went on to write, where's this field called intention? Some prominent researchers believe that our intelligence, creativity, and imagination interact with the energy field of intention rather than being thoughts or elements in our brain. The brilliant scientist David Bohm, writing in Wholeness and Implicate Order, suggested that all ordering influences and information is present in an invisible domain or higher reality and can be called upon in times of need. So how we would say this in new thought is this, is this way. We actually say it in the UFBL, everything that exists or ever will exist is pressed out of the body of God, God's substance in different degrees of manifestation. That's one level of it, okay? Everything that exists or ever will exist is pressed out of the body of God, God's substance, in different degrees of manifestation. That's one level. We also say that we believe that learning to listen to the whisperings of the still small voice will ensure that we're guided into right action. Now, what does that statement imply? It implies that there is a greater wisdom, that there is a greater knowledge, that there's a greater intelligence that we can tap into that will 
always guide us into right action. Also, in the book of Isaiah, in the Holy Bible, chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, it is written, God speaking to the people through the prophet Isaiah. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways higher than your ways. In other words, there is a higher way, a higher way of thinking, a higher way of seeing, a higher way of doing things. And what Wayne Dyer is trying to help us understand with this book is how to consciously connect with the higher ways of being. He went on. So just think about when he, when he said, all ordering influences and information is present in an invisible domain or higher reality and can be called upon in a time of need. Reading that now, and I didn't even read this literally preparing to teach this today. I was literally reading the book before the podcast. Had highlighted this book years ago when it came out. It, this book was actually gifted to me by uh, one of my beloved spiritual mothers, the Reverend Emma Luster Lassiter. And so I've had this book for a while. And reading this definition in real time, I'm going to read it again. David Bohm, writing in Wholeness and Implicate and the Implicate Order, suggested that all ordering influence and information is present in an invisible domain or higher reality and can be called upon in times of need. And literally, the light bulb just literally went off as I'm reading it to you live as I'm recording this podcast. And the inner voice in my mind said, that's the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not saying you have to accept that revelation. But now I got to deal with that now. I have to ponder because it came to me that all ordering influences and information is always present in an invisible domain or higher reality and can be called upon in times of need. So Jesus would say the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. All of these terms trying to help us understand an invisible domain or higher reality. And for those who want to hear me, because now this has to be a part of my sermon because I'm preaching at Christ Universal Temple on May 15th and May 29th. And I'm teaching uh, the Beatitudes of Jesus. Now I got to deal with this now. Now this has to be a part of the sermon. Because Jesus's message and this is universally accepted by biblical scholars, was the kingdom of God. In Matthew, it says kingdom of heaven, but the term is kingdom of God. I'm not going to explain right now how that 
kingdom of God got turned into the term kingdom of heaven. Anyway, he went on the right, Wayne Dyer. I suggest that you read The Field, The Quest for the Secret Forces of the Universe by Lynn McTaggart. Her book is filled with studies supporting the existence of the existence of a higher, faster energy dimensional field of intention that can be tapped to tapped into and used by everyone. The answer to where is the field is there is no place that it is not because everything in the universe has intention built into it. So now we're talking about omnipresence. Not just I'm not present. I'm not present means everywhere equally present. I'm not presence means all the presence there is. Now we're talking about omnipresence. So we need we're coming up on a break and got to take a break. So those things still happen. <laughs> so before we take the break, let me just remind you just to stay plugged in to all the things that are going on with Christ Universal Temple, as uh, far as the, the, the uh, you know, the check on the website, sign up for the contact us, get the e-blast, the emails weekly so you can know what's going on. Go to our Facebook page, sign up to, um, you know, get notifications when we go live or make sure you're getting the, you know, whatever we're pr- promoting to let people know how we can help you live better lives whether it's our noonday lessons on Facebook Monday through Friday or our, you know, consciousness building calls, obviously our services, our workshops, our classes. I'm going to be teaching a class beginning on May 16th titled You Too Can Be Prosperous through the Johnny Coleman Institute. You can go to Christ Universal Temple's website, click on classes and follow the directions to be able to sign up for that class if you so desire. The book is by Robert Russell. I'm teaching whatever the latest version of the book is. You want to make sure that you're in tune. If you want to do a deep dive on the metaphysics of prosperity, make sure you're in my class. It's taught on Zoom, so there's no reason why you can't be in the class if you have the time availability, United Work, and things of that nature. But Wednesday, it'll be we have Wednesday night, 6:30 to 8 p.m. Central Time. Also, I'll be on Facebook Live with Les Brown on May 20. I don't want to say this date wrong. May 23rd, talking about my upcoming book, Truth Transforms. So you don't want to miss that as well. So make sure that you stay in tune. I believe that's at 1 p.m. But stay in, stay tuned. Follow my, my page, Truth Transforms, on Facebook. And I'll have a flyer up for it very soon and on my Instagram page. So we're going to take our break and I'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm in the midst of teaching a new series, The Power of Intention. The book is a book based upon, or it's a title based upon the book by Wayne Dyer. So I want to make sure that you plug in, get connected, buy the book by Wayne Dyer, The Power of Intention, because we're going to work with this book chapter by chapter to help get better and higher results. All right. So we left off talking about omnipresence and how we live, move, and have our very being in this power of intention in this field. And he uses the example of the acorn and the mosquito and the apple and all these other things. And he wrote something I think was very powerful on the bottom of page six. Every aspect of nature, without exception, has intention built into it that as far as we can tell, nothing in nature questions its path of intent. Nature simply progresses in harmony from the field of intention. We too are intended from the energy of this field. There's what some call a future pull in the DNA that's present at the conception of all of us. What is future pull? At your conception, your eye, everything about your physicality is already in the pattern. It's already there. Your eye color, your hair color, uh, height, weight, maybe not so much within reason weight. But, you know, we can add to our own weight or diminish our weight based upon our exercise and diet. But I know for sure that it's in the pattern. You didn't choose when to start puberty. You didn't choose your first gray hair. It's a it's already in the pattern. All right. So as you go through life, you see physical changes that you don't have to think of. That, that just happen. You know, you know, he talks about in the book how, you know, you know, his hair his hair on his head stopped growing at, tw- at 25. He said that then when he turned 50, it started growing out of his nose and ears. That's funny, but you don't have to think about it. And I was like, even today, I was like, oh, man, I have some new gray in my goatee. That wasn't there before. And instead of, you know, people fight that, oh, you know, I'm a diet and I'm a cut it, I'm a whatever. I'm like, okay, just let it be. Because guess what? No matter what I do, it's going to come back. And that's okay. Because it's a part of the universal flow. Many people don't have the benefit of living long enough for the greatest show up. That's a blessing from my perspective. All right. Let's turn the page. He wrote, under the meaning of I'm not present intention. Try imagining a force that is that's everywhere. There's no place that you can go where it isn't. It can be divided and is present in everything you see or touch. That is by definition, omnipresence. Then he wrote, now extend your awareness of this infinite field of energy beyond the world of forms and boundaries. 
this infinite, invisible field, this in infinite, invisible force is everywhere. So it is both physical and non-physical. I want you to get that. It's both physical and non-physical. Your body is one part of your totality emanating from this energy. So you're the, you're the power of intention, spirit, soul, body. Not just body, not just soul, not just spirit. Every aspect of you comes from this. Charles Fillmore has a great definition for this, but it's, I don't want to butcher it by pulling it up in my mind right now without having it prepared. Well, he talks about basically how every aspect of us, including our bodies, is the emanation of God. But I don't want to butcher it right now. It is the perfect definition right now. I just don't have the resource in front of me right now to be able to pull it up. But, oh, my God, is the perfect definition. But even if I pulled it up online, I wouldn't be able to find it that fast. Because I have it in the book. It's in the book Dynamics for Living. And I have it highlighted and I underlined probably in prescription marks next to it. It's, it's, it's a powerful, powerful statement. All right. So he went on to write. In this instance, intention is infinite potential activating your physical and non-physical appearance on earth. You formed out of the I'm not present to become present in time and space because it's I'm not present. This energy field of intent is accessible to you after your physical arrival here on earth. The only way you deactivate this dormant force is by believing that you're separated from it or separate from it, not separated, separate from it. So we teach it this way at Christ Universal Temple and in the UFBL and in the Johnny Coleman Institute. We tell people that the primary cause of suffering is their forgetfulness of their divine nature as a spiritual being with dominion over their thoughts and feelings. I like to compare it to Jason Bourne, like he was a super spy and didn't know who he was. We have a, almost a spiritual amnesia. We've forgotten who we are. So if you believe that you're separate from God, separate from your good, separate from your source, then you will function that way. So he goes on to say on page nine, activating intention means rejoining your source and becoming a modern day sorcerer. Being a sorcerer means attaining the level of, aware of awareness where previously inconceivable things are available. Now, I told you, I probably would use the word metaphysician, but I like the word sorcerer because it forces me to start thinking of movies that have people with like Merlin in it. Okay, things that are not supposed to be possible to the average person was possible or is possible to a sorcerer. Things that are not possible to the average person should be possible to you as a metaphysician. This is what Jesus was trying to help people understand. Because of what he, he was consciously connected to, he was able to make demonstrations beyond what people thought was possible.
So he would demonstrate the truth and then try to teach it to people. It's the same concept. And Jesus is not the only one, but, you know, coming out of the American society, Judeo-Christian context, and being a, a teacher of Christian metaphysics, I'm very present to it. What does it mean to be a metaphysician? A student and a practitioner of the laws of spirit. What does it mean to be a master metaphysician? A master of the laws and principles of spirit. See, Reverend Herbert Lasseter, Reverend Emma Luster Lasseter's husband, Reverend Herbert Lasseter was, is also one of my spiritual father types. And I remember him many years ago saying several things. He said he's dropped so many gems on my soul that I can't even think of all of them at one time. I would just have to sit down and just give Herbert, Herbert his own day. But a couple of things that he said to me um, really stood out. The first one is there is a big difference between being a presenter of truth and a practitioner of truth. And I took that to mean that you could be a master presenter of metaphysics and a poor metaphysician. I really want that to land. You can be a master presenter. You could, and that doesn't mean just being a preacher or a teacher. You can be, I've been studying this stuff for 30 years, 40 years. I have the library. I've sat under the feet of Johnny Coleman. I've listened to Les Brown and the Tony Robbins and the Wayne Dyers. I've been listening to Michael Beckwith and I studied Napoleon Hill and Norman Vincent Peale and everybody you can think of in a positive thinking movement. And it doesn't mean anything. If you're a poor metaphysician, information is not transformation until it is until it is used properly. Information isn't transformation until it's used properly. So going back to Wayne Dyer, he wrote, as Carlos Castaneda explained, the task of sorcerers was to face infinity intention, and they plunged into it daily as fishermen plunges into the sea. So we have to plunge into the realm of infinite possibilities and potentialities within our own souls, the kingdom of God within us, the Christ mind within us. We have to play in it. We have to literally jump into it like a person would jump into the sea or that a fisherman was casting their net. Now think about cast your net. When Jesus met the uh, apostle Simon that he named Peter, 
Simon was a fisherman and they, he and his brother, probably his brother was Andrew and probably the other fishermen were out there trying to fish all day and nothing would work. Here comes this <clears throat> itinerant preacher, this wandering preacher that had no central base of location where he said, okay, this is my, my synagogue. This is my place of operation. Come to me. Itinerant men. He went to the people. And he says, all right, y'all been fishing all day? This is the Galen McDowell paraphrase. Oh, okay. I'm going to go out there with you again, and I want you to cast your nets on the right side. They're thinking, well, we've been fishing all day, and we haven't caught any fish. But here's the thing. They weren't dealing from a sorcerer's consciousness, or I would say a metaphysician's consciousness that can see possibility and potentiality and create the experiences and circumstances that will create the situation. Or as I just stated 10 or 15 minutes ago with David Bones quote, suggested that all ordering influence and information is present in an invisible domain or higher reality and can be called upon in times of need. So when Jesus needed to make a demonstration out of the omnipresent substance of God, fish appeared in the net when they went back out there. Healing power showed up when people needed to be healed. 5,000 plus people, 5,000 men plus women and children are fed in the desert. I'm not saying that Fish pop like a like a pop microwave popcorn. I'm saying that the that the need was met because he was functioning at a higher level of reality, so he could dictate these ordering influences. He can get in contact with these ordering influences to produce particular results in times of need. So how would that be different than money? How would that be different than healing? How would that be any different than relationships? How would that be any different than your business? How would that be any different than your organization, your church, your non-for-profit? How would that be any different than any other goal or desire? If you can function from a different level or order of reality. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things, excuse me, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right use-ness. And all these things will be added unto you. Mm. That's a certain level of consciousness, though. If I seek the kingdom, if I seek this field of infinite awareness, power, and potential, all the things will be added. It says in Isaiah chapter 66, before you have called, I have already answered. Now we're talking about something different. Mm. All right. 
So then he talks about how do we get disconnected from an awareness of our oneness with God, our oneness with the source, our oneness with intention. And I think this is a very powerful definition we need to work with. He wrote that it's based upon the ego. And how does the ego work? He wrote, page 10, ego was made of six primary ingredients that account for how we experience ourselves as disconnected. By allowing ego to determine your path, excuse me, by allowing ego to, de- to determine your life path, you deactivate the power of intention. I don't know if you literally deactivate it, but that's what he's basically saying. It's not basically functioning in your life the way it's supposed to. Briefly, here are the six ego beliefs. These are covered more in this book, Your Sacred Self. The first one is... These are ego beliefs that this that create a sense of separation. That's how I would teach you based upon my teach, my understanding of the teachings, that we have a sense of separation. We can't be separated from our good or God, but we can live as though we're separate from God or our good. So the first of the six ego beliefs, according to Wayne Dyer, is I am what I have. My possessions define me. I am what I have. That's an ego belief. That what I have defines me as a being. And this is what really, really gets us. What I don't have defines me as a being. That's where it gets tricky. Number two, I am what I do. These are the ego beliefs. I am what I do. My achievements define me. So if I don't have the accomplishments that I think I'm supposed to have, then I might think that I'm less of a being. Number three, I am what others think of me. My reputation defines me. Now, at, at the human five cents man level, at the human level, all of these things have some accurate factual definitions. But at the spiritual level, it has nothing to do with your spiritual wholeness. You're perfect, whole, and complete already. But if you start to think that you're what other people think of you, then that can trip you up. Then the next one is. I am separate from everyone. My body defines me as alone. So people think that they're really literally alone because to come into a physical body, to be spirit and soul, to be the infinite potential of God showing up as awareness, because that's what spirit and soul mean. Now you're in a form called a body. The body is the vehicle for the spirit and soul. And because it's separate, separate from every other body, you think that you're alone, that you're disconnected from everything else, including God, when you're literally the temple of the living God. The fifth ego belief is, I am separate from all that is missing in my life. My life space is disconnected from my desires. Now, I often tell people, and I didn't make this up, I got this from Tony Robbins, but I think it's genius. 
that happiness many times is based upon one basic perception. Where I am in life in contrast to where I believe I should be. And the further apart those two points are, the more we're unhappy. And the closer they are, the more we're happy. So we're allowing that belief to determine our happiness. The power of intention, this universal source, this kingdom of God is not concerned with what you think is missing because it's wholeness. So nothing can be missing. The sixth ego belief is I am separate from God. My life depends on God's assessment of my worthiness. So this is why people are always trying to do different things to try to appease an angry God or judgmental God or, or classism God. That's based classism based upon some people are in and some people aren't based upon religion or denomination or profession or declaration or deeds or whatever. So we're always trying to prove our worthiness versus the understanding that there's something radically right about me. So he wrote, and and we're going to end on this point because next week we're going to drill down on how do you get past these steps. No matter how hard you try, intention can't be accessed through ego. So take some time to recognize and readjust any or all of these six beliefs. When the supremacy of ego is weakened in your life, you can seek intention and maximize your potential. So next week, we're going to finish up chapter one. Again, I want to take my time with this book. I don't, I don't want to rush it. There's so many goodies in this book that for me to say, okay, here's five points out of the chapter and let's move on, would do the book a disjustice and it would do you a disjustice. If you're willing to take this journey with me for as long as it takes, I'm suggesting you buy the book. And sometimes when I need to do a one-off here or a two-off there, as far as episodes are concerned, I'll do it. And then I'll get right back on the power of intention until I finish the book as long as it takes me to do it. Because here's what I understand. First of all, I want to understand and get a higher level. Second of all, I want to be a better metaphysician. Third, I want you to be a better metaphysician. So you can demonstrate the goodness in your life that you desire. So take this journey with me. I would greatly appreciate it. So next week, we're going to cover the second part of the first chapter of this book. I appreciate you sticking with me through this 10 years and more. The Unity Online Radio dynamic and process for 10 years was great. And now we also know the best is yet to come. God bless you and enjoy your day. Take care.
I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.